0: Welcome back to the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm also the only one here today. Uh, Griff is away for the week, so he will not be able to record this podcast. I'm running solo. Um, for those that celebrate Halloween, happy Halloween. Uh, you know what's pretty spooky is that this is episode 13 of season two of the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. So, you know, the affiliation with number 13, a little spooky. Um, for those watching on YouTube, uh, there is no video format today. Uh, It is just the audio version, but uh, I'm going to jump right into the week eight recap. Um, Dallas, right away, they dominated the Rams uh, in week eight. Uh, Dak went 25-31 passing, 304 yards, four touchdowns, and he did throw the interception, but you can kind of get away with that when you throw four touchdowns. Uh, he had a big day. They absolutely destroyed the Rams. Their defense was on full display. CeeDee Lamb also exploded. He had twelve catches, one hundred fifty-eight yards, and two touchdowns receiving. Um, he probably won a lot of you your fantasy matchups this week. So uh, if you had him, congratulations. Uh, I feel like he's been pretty consistent this year, uh, but this is one of the first times he's actually you know broken out and had a, a huge day. Uh, somebody that hasn't had a huge day though for the for Dallas is Tony Pollard. Um he was once again a non-factor in the game. Despite playing 65% of snaps, he only had 12 carries for f- 53 yards uh, but he did add a catch for 2 yards. <laughs> that makes it a little better. He's broken double-digit fantasy points in only one of his last four games. So uh those Tony Pollard, you know, fantasy owners, uh, should you be concerned? Um I don't know, it's it, it's hard because Dallas has such a high-powered offense right um you'd think and and they've always been notorious for having a strong run game the fact that tony pollard's been so inefficient the last couple of weeks um it is a little concerning um but i mean i feel like there hasn't been a lot of huge running back games so far this year um we'll talk about one guy a little later that's that's started to burst out on the scene but tony pollard is one of those guys that a lot of people have drafted pretty high pretty early and you know he hasn't performed like such. He had a, a decent start, but I mean, again, uh, like CeeDee Lamb, uh, CeeDee Lamb's been, you know, consistent and he just had a big breakout game. Tony Pollard hasn't really seen that. Um, uh, For the Rams side of the ball though, in the the Dallas Rams game, uh, Matthew Stafford left early with an injury, uh, spraining his UCL, which is in the thumb. Uh, the update on him is he is day-to-day, but this could have a significant impact on Cooper Cup and Puknakua. Uh, with that said, though, Cooper Cup's already kind of uh, been, how do I say this, not having the the greatest season. He had a, a back-to-back great weeks. The last two weeks, um, it's worth mentioning, he's coming off back-to-back awful weeks. Um, he's averaged six and a half fantasy points in PPR leagues over the last two weeks. Uh, and what's even more concerning is he's played 100% of the snaps in both those weeks. So another guy that... You know, probably uh, wasn't drafted too too highly because he had that hamstring injury early in the year. But um, you know, he's probably going around four or five in your your fantasy drafts, right? And this is a guy you thought you were going to get back, and he was going to be you know getting twenty plus points a game. But you know, he, he started off with that. He had two back to back great weeks, but now I mean, six points is <laughs> that's just not good. And and Puka was shut down as well uh, against Dallas, but. Um, he's coming off a decent week last week. I wouldn't be too concerned about Puka Nakua. Um, but Cooper cup, I mean, that's especially if, if Stafford is to miss some time, I think that's really going to hurt Cooper cups value. Um, moving on. Speaking of quarterback injuries, uh, there's a pretty big one. Kirk cousins tore his Achilles. Um, he went down late in the game versus Grant, uh, Green Bay. He had an apparent injury. Uh, it turned out that this injury was unfortunately an Achilles tear. um, it's going to abruptly end Kirko Chains's season, which he was having a pretty solid season. Um, uh, I'm going to look it up real quick, but I, I I know they were just getting back to 500. They they, they ended up beating Green Bay. Um, they they were at 500. They're at four and four. He was he's second right now in passing yards on the seat, in the uh, in the league. He has 2,300 yards passing, 18 touchdowns to five picks. I mean, he was having a really good year. Really disappointing to see that happen to him. Uh, he was playing lights out. He was actually starting to turn the Viking season around a little bit. Um, but it is worth noting the trade deadline is today, uh, as I'm recording this. So trading for somebody is definitely an option for Minnesota. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings' role of a veteran free agent. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably the top guy on my list uh, that's available free agency-wise. Free agency uh, but Minnesota could also look to work out guys like Matt Ryan, uh, Colt McCoy, Nick Foles. Or even someone like Will Greer, who kind of had a, a good you know, preseason with Dallas that didn't really make their team. Um, but what does this mean for Justin Jefferson is kind of the big question. Uh, I mean, Jefferson, he's a- eligible to return next week, week 10. Uh, and the Vikings, like I said, sit at 4-4 four and four with a reasonable shot at the playoffs. I mean, uh, aside from Detroit, uh, the, they're in a, a relatively weak division. The NFC isn't exactly the strongest right now um you know they definitely it's it's a reasonable to say they can make the playoffs um but will we see minnesota attempt to make a run at the playoffs by trading or signing a quarterback or um it will and and they would also bring back jefferson off of ir clearly but i also wouldn't be shocked to see them shut down jay jettas for the season and tank for a quarterback in the 2024 draft which is loaded with quarterback talent um I mean, Kirk is in the last year of his contract, so moving on from him is 100% in the realm of possibility. possibility. Uh, you know, do they go and trade for somebody? You know, I, I could see them maybe trading for the Ryan Tannehill maybe. You know, I mean, who, who else is out there that's that's really tradable? I mean, a, a lot of teams, Davis Mills maybe from from Houston, but I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably better off getting a, a – rental for the rest of the year like someone like Carson Wentz who does still have you know probably a little left in the tank um you know maybe bring back Jeff, Jefferson, Jefferson Jefferson you want to still sell seats you want to still sell jerseys you want to make that revenue and I feel like shutting your best player down in Jefferson for the season isn't really the way to do that um and I, I did mention trading for Ryan Tannehill but that's because man Will Levis had a great uh professional debut um it looks like Tannehill's probably out of a job, uh, if you ask me. Uh, Levis put together quite the rookie debut, going 19 of 29, 238 yards passing, and four touchdowns through the air, while also propelling Tennessee to their third run on the season. Tennessee's now at three and four, they've already had their bye week. Um, but they're a game out from 500 as well. Uh, they definitely, <laughs> I mean, if they could play like they played against, uh, uh, who they play this past week? Um, why am I playing? Oh, you know, Atlanta. If they could play like they did against Atlanta, uh that's they have a pretty good shot at, you know, maybe fighting for a, a wild card spot. Um, but I mean Levis, he looked amazing. Uh, I was a big Levis fan coming into the season, but um he just he possessed the poise of a veteran quarterback in that pocket. He speaking of the pocket, he appeared very comfortable in the pocket and he also did a great job demonstrating his deep ball, which looked incredible I mean we, we knew strength of his game was his deep ball going into the season and um well going into the league in general and that's kind of you know why a team would want to take a shot on him especially Tennessee and and it was like I said it was on full display um he connected with DeAndre Hopkins for three touchdowns DeHaw finished with four catches 128 yards and three scores uh Levis is in line to start again on Thursday because Tannehill still isn't able to go um but even if Tanhill could go, I stand by what I said last week. Is I strongly believe the Titans need to stick with Levis for the rest of the season, especially seeing what he did against Atlanta. Um, I mean, he he looked like a franchise quarterback. Obviously, it's a small sample size. It's only one game. You know, a lot can happen in one game. You know, Marcus Mariota had four touchdowns in his debut game. But j- just I can't get over how much of a, a veteran he looked like in the pocket. He, he, he commanded that offense. He was confident. You know, we, we knew he had no shortage of confidence coming into the, the league, but some saw that as kind of a weakness, like he was a little too cocky. But I felt like it was, you know, the the, the perfect amount of you know, um, confidence he showed to be a quarterback in this league. Uh, and Malik Willis isn't really the threat to Levis, as everyone thought he was going to be. Um, I mean, he wasn't showcased much at all, uh, especially after fumbling a snap early on in the game. Uh, I mean, Willis had a couple of rushes, but he didn't have any passes. It was the Will Levis show and Will Levis absolutely put on. He had a great debut and this is, this is a guy I was really high on coming into the year and uh, I'm pretty happy to see him succeed. Uh, You know, he he had a lot of doubters, a lot of haters coming in to the draft, especially with the, off the field stuff like the um, mayo in his coffee or eating a banana with the peel on if you've seen those videos um but I mean this is a guy that he uh he definitely he has the arm talent he has the confidence It, it looked against the Falcons like he had that you know IQ that a quarterback needs um you know if he can continue to play like he did against Atlanta uh he could have a really 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 nice career um Moving on, uh, let's talk about my Eagles. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles pulled out a late win over Washington. Uh, Philly looked kind of sluggish to start the game, though. Um, the Commanders were actually up 17-10 to 10 going into the half, but the Birds absolutely came alive in the second half where they scored 28 points, 21 of those coming in the fourth quarter. As an Eagles fan, I love to see this. Uh, Philly was primarily a first half team most of last year. Um, but coming out and making adjustments at the half is a huge step forward for, the, for such a talented team. I mean, that was one of their biggest weakness going into um, the Super Bowl uh, against the Chiefs was just because they didn't make the adjustments at half that they needed to. And, uh, I mean, Hurts, uh, he was rumored to have that injury all throughout last week. He did look limited in his game. He only ran four times and uh, had you know six yards, um, very unlike him. Uh, however, he excelled as a passer, going 29 of 38, 319 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, A.J. Brown, once again, had a monster game, catching all eight of his targets for 130 yards and two touchdowns. In fact, Brown broke the record for consecutive games with 125-plus receiving yards, as this was his sixth game doing so uh he now has 60 catches for 939 receiving yards and five touchdowns so far this season um and i mean he's just he's amazing he's been lights out um uh you know i mean setting a record no doubt but uh having almost a thousand yards at the what halfway mark of the nfl i mean that, that that's pretty impressive um He's on pace to, to set a record, but so is Tyreek, but um, those it's kind of those two battling out for most <laughs> receiving yards in the NFL, and uh, then there's everybody else. Devonta Smith also had a great day. He bounced back from a quiet couple of weeks. Um, skinny Batman put up seven catches for 99 yards and a score. Uh, yeah, I, I I wasn't really worried. I... I I did think Smith was going to be involved a lot more in this offense going into the season than he has been, but I think that's due in part because AJ Brown's been so dominant on the offensive side of the ball that you know somebody's gonna suffer from it. It's unfortunately Devonta Smith. Um, I mean Devonta Smith, he's a great route runner, but uh, he doesn't have that same deep ball ability that AJ Brown does. And uh, I mean AJ Brown, he's just he's a specimen he's a beast um Devonta Smith's a lot more technical I feel but I I think you know we we saw it uh this past week against commanders he's definitely going to get his own um but as as long as the team continues to win I don't think we're going to see you know a huge uptick in Devonta Smith's usage I think you know he's going to consistently be the consistently be inconsistent like like he has been um and uh, also just to mention quick about the Eagles is the two new Eagles uh, got in on the action as well as Julio Jones had a touchdown against Washington and Kevin Byard contributed with seven tackles. Um, as Kevin Byard continues to learn Sean Desai's, you know, defensive system, uh, he's going to contribute a lot more. I mean, the dude's a ball hawk. He's only like 30. You know, he's, he's definitely still kind of in, in his prime, even if he's ending you know, his prime, he's still in his prime. Uh, I've, I've no, uh, doubt that Kevin Byard is going to continue to produce for Philly. Uh, and this is just the start. Uh, we did have some moving on. We had some week eight, uh, unforeseen upsets. The Panthers took down the Texans, which was an ugly game to say the least. Uh, I mean, what was, it? it was like 15, 13 final score. Right. Um, what was it? It was, yeah, 15 to 13. Uh, Stroud had like 140 yards passing. I mean, Bryce Young looked better than him in this game. Although Stroud, albeit has looked better on the season. Um, it was definitely interesting to see these teams uh, go at it. I mean, I, the way Houston has been playing, they were probably slight favorites, but, um, I was just shocked to see the Panthers win a game with how they've been performing this season. Uh, but the biggest surprise of all was probably the Denver Broncos. Uh, they surprised everybody and beat the Chiefs twenty-four to nine. Now that's that's very interesting, as um, you know, Mahomes had two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, he threw for only two hundred forty yards. Like the the Denver defense, the same defense that led up seventy points to Miami earlier in the season, held the Chiefs to. Nine points. So, uh, I mean, it's definitely an up and down league. You know, at any given Sunday, right? For the NFL, Russell Wilson had three touchdowns. Uh, Javante Williams had a, a decent day. Uh, I mean, Denver. Wh- what are they now? What's their record? Three and five. Uh, I mean, everyone that said that they're probably going to tank, I'm, I'm not too sure. Then, then they go out and they beat the Chiefs, they hand the Chiefs their second loss on the on the season. Um, and there was one other, I guess you could kind of call it an upset. Uh, the Bengals handed the 49ers, their third straight loss and Purdy's continued to struggle. Um, he's had three touchdowns to five interceptions in his last three games. Uh, and they've, they've lost the last three games. Um, I mean, this is a team that just three, four weeks ago, everyone was saying was the best in the league. And now all of a sudden you know, there's a lot of question marks surrounding that team, and yes, they've been without Debo Samuel, but yeah. Well, and uh, I'm not sure if Trent Williams played uh, this past week or not. But uh, next man up. I mean, if uh, I I know, you know, a significant injury like a left tackle or you know your wide receiver one can really impact a um a, a team. And especially in offense, but Brock Purdy, you know, being this wonder child that everybody says he is, you know, he's got to he's got to do better. He's got to perform better. Um, he's definitely a system quarterback. We've talked about this on the, sh- the podcast before, but the fact that you know he he's been a liability as of late. I mean, all of his interceptions on the season have come in the last three games. Um, he's he's starting to you know tread downhill, trend down, downhill, and he is he's looked pedestrian at best. Um, I mean, all of a sudden, if I'm the Niners, I'm wondering, you know, did, did we mess up? You know, did, did they mess up letting go of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders or letting Trey Lance go to Dallas and putting all your eggs in one basket with Brack Party? Um, Cause if this had happened last year, they probably and and Trey Lance was healthy they probably would have switched to Trey Lance see what they got in Trey Lance um so I mean that's just something to to know it's interesting that they put all their eggs in one basket with Purdy and you know this is kind of uh how it's trending um and I just want to touch a little bit on last night's game uh the Lions pretty much dominated uh Vegas um he played really well. Um, and shout-out to Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs followed up his breakout performance with another huge day. Like, absolutely monstrous game. Um, in Dave Montgomery's absence, Gibbs ran the ball for 26 times uh, for 152 yards and a touchdown. He also added five catches for 37 yards. Um, despite only playing 70% of the snaps, which is down from 87% last week, Gibbs finished as the RB1 this week. This is the kind of potential that me and Griff, um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about when we were suggesting you know people draft him at, at the beginning of the, the year because you, you don't take a running back in the first round, especially top twelve, unless you're planning on utilizing him. And this is the kind of utilization that we've been waiting for. It took several weeks, but you know, in Dave Montgomery's absence, Gibbs has been spectacular um he's been absolutely killing it for fantasy managers he was rb3 last week rb1 this week uh you know just fantastic all around and um i'm, I'm glad to see he's starting to pan out going into our week nine picks uh first we're going to start with our week eight results i went 11 and 5 last week i'm now 75 and 46 on the year griff went 12 and 4 last week Picking up a game on me. He is now 74-47 and on the year. Uh, I'm still a game ahead. But I'm going to jump in to my picks. Um, Starting out Thursday Night Football. Tennessee is at Pitt. I have Tennessee. Um, I think Tennessee gets the upset here. Uh, Kenny Pickett has a rib injury. He's day-to-day. Mike Tomlin did not close the door on the potential of Kenny Pickett playing. But when Mitch Trubisky stepped in uh, against Jacksonville, he threw he threw two interceptions. He did not look good. Uh, and especially with how we saw Tennessee play against Atlanta, uh, I mean, Will Levis, like I said, he's looked great. Uh, that offense just was clicking. It was explosive. It looked phenomenal. Um, Pitt's offense, on the other hand, is not. And, uh, I mean, Pitt definitely has the advantage with their defense. And, you know, Tennessee, that last week they – Atlanta doesn't really have a, a premier pass rusher, um, or didn't play, yeah, they, they didn't. Tennessee didn't play against a premier pass rusher, um, like they will this week in TJ Watt, but I'm not sure this is gonna be enough for uh, Pitt to win. I mean, Pitt's got to score points, and I'm not sure they're gonna do that, especially Tennessee doesn't have the worst defense either, um, you know. We, we thought when they traded Kevin Byard away, maybe they'd be mailing it in for the season, but all of a sudden, you know, with how they played last week, they might still be in the running for, you know, a playoff berth. So who knows, but I'm, I'm taking Tennessee in the upset. Um, moving on to Sunday, 9:30 AM in Germany. We have Miami at Kansas city. Now I'm going Kansas city here. Kansas city is technically the home team. Uh, but I mean Miami whenever they've been faced with a team well like a good team a team above 500 this year they've lost I mean look at the Philly game a couple weeks ago um they've had a pretty soft schedule and that's kind of why they've been so successful um I think playing a good team like Kansas City is going to be another slap in the face for Miami and Kansas City's coming off a, a pretty bad loss against Denver um I think they bounce back here and and win in Germany against Miami. But this should be a a high-scoring game, no doubt. It should be a fun game. You know, pour yourself a bowl of cereal and, you know, uh, have have some fun watching this. But um, moving on to the 1 o'clocks on Sunday, we have Minnesota at Atlanta. I think Atlanta bounces back. Minnesota obviously has lost Kirk Cousins for the season, like I was saying before. Um, Yeah, Atlanta, oh, man. Desmond Ritter did get benched for Taylor Heineke. Um, Heineke started to lead a a little bit of a comeback against Tennessee, but they couldn't really get it done. Um, I I think Minnesota has such a question mark at quarterback right now. And, you know, obviously no Justin Jefferson still. Uh, I I don't think Minnesota's really going to be able to score. Uh, And Atlanta's defense has been pretty decent this year. Um, But I like Atlanta at home. Uh, In a bounce back game. Uh, Moving on. We got Arizona at Cleveland. Um, I'm going Cleveland. Cleveland's D has been really, really good uh, this season. Uh, They did lose to Seattle this past week. Um, But Arizona, I mean, I think they said Clayton Toon is starting this week. um, Is what I read. Jonathan Gannon said. But, I mean, you got a, a rookie, what, fifth round pick. Going up against Cleveland's D. Um, I think this should be a field day for Cleveland I think Cl- Cleveland wins by more than two scores uh, Next up we have the Rams at Green Bay Green Bay does not look good um, they, They've really, really regressed this season um, And it just feels like every game I watch They've been worse and worse uh, The Rams, you know, they just got destroyed by Dallas But they're a better team than that um, You know, Stafford is day-to-day Um I mean, who I think their backup is Wolford. I, I originally had the Rams here, but with um, Stafford's, you know, availability up in the air, I think I got to lean Green Bay um, again. Green Bay has, hasn't impressed me at all, but the fact that the Rams might be sending out an accountant um, at quarterback, I mean, I I don't see how I don't lean Green Bay who. I mean, for the most part, it's pretty healthy. Uh, next up, we have Washington at New England. This was the game I flipped back and forth on. Uh, Washington seems to maybe have mailed it in. Uh, they just traded Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. Uh, so, I mean, you're giving away a, a star-edge rusher on your team already. You know, if that doesn't say fire sale to me, I don't know what does. Uh, New England, you know, they, they've... One two weeks ago, right. Uh, this past week, they kept it relatively co- close against Miami. Um, well, actually, no, they didn't. It was seventeen thirty-one. Um, but I, I felt like it was it was a pretty competitive game, regardless of that final score. Um, you know, N- New England isn't as bad as they looked towards the beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, they're two and six, but I don't know. I mean. Washington has been up and down, so has New England. I'm going to go New England just because New England at home. um, You can never count out Bill Belichick. Next up, Chicago at New Orleans. Now, Chicago did just get the addition of Montez Sweat, which is pretty big, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Justin Fields, questionable to play. Uh, I don't know if if Badgent is the starter again. I gotta go, New Orleans, especially since New Orleans just what they dominated the Colts, right? Um, yeah, it was thirty-eight to twenty-seven. If New Orleans can continue to play like that and actually, you know, utilize their offensive weapons to the best of their abilities, you know, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, um, Michael Thomas, even Taysom Hill, um, you know, I think they can still have a shot at winning their division. Uh, Chicago, on the other hand, I think they're still folks more on building for next year especially with this montez sweat trade uh, i don't think it's going to impact them as much this year i gotta go to new orleans at home uh, i think new orleans is going to start to click at the right time here uh seattle at baltimore this another game that was back and forth on there's some pretty good games this week uh i mean baltimore been playing like a top five team in the league and uh i mean seattle seattle's also been winning games i mean they they beat cleveland right Twenty-four twenty, uh and baltimore i mean they won a close one against arizona but arizona's been staying in games this year um I, i'm leading baltimore at home i mean i i wouldn't be surprised to see this go either way seattle has a really good offense but um you know i mean lamar jackson's having an mvp like season uh i gotta i gotta lean baltimore and uh next up we have tampa at houston Although this could be a bounce back game for Houston, um I think Tampa's been kind of on a losing skid lately. Uh, I think this is a get right game for them. You know, they're 3 and 4. They win this game at Houston, they're 4 and 4. You know, again, that that division that the NFC South is so up for grabs. This is a game Tampa needs to win. I think I think they get it done. And uh I mean Stroud looked you know, mediocre at best against Carolina, who, I mean, Carolina's defense hasn't been the greatest the past few weeks. They've been allowing like 40 points here, 40 points there. I got to go Tampa. Um, I'm sorry. I got to go, um, yeah, Tampa. Um, Indy at Carolina is the next game. Carolina pulling out the win uh, versus Houston, like I was just talking about, but I got to go Indy. Indy's been putting up points lately. That offense has definitely, um, you, know, you know, been really good, to say the least. But it, their defense hasn't really been able to keep them in games. Uh, I mean, they've had some back-to-back bad losses. This is a, this is a game that they could definitely win. Carolina, I and mean, they'll be riding high from their victory. Um, I don't think Carolina is good enough to win two in a row. Um, give me Indianapolis here. And now we got the Giants at Vegas. The Giants, another team that had a, a big trade at the deadline, they traded Leonard Williams, the Seattle Seahawks, for a, a second and a fifth. Um, you know, that's another team that, you know, it's probably a fire sale. They lost Tyrod Taylor. Uh, T- Taylor, I believe, had a rib injury as well. Um, and Daniel Jones' neck. You know he's been up in the air. It's they're leaning. He's probably going to play this week, but I don't know. I mean, what we've saw of G- Daniel Jones this year has not been impressive. Man, I this is a tough one. I I got to go Vegas. I mean, because the Giants' defense has been playing pretty solid, but I mean they they just they lost a uh, a game they should have won against the Jets. Um I mean, going for a field goal late, you know, it was poor clock management. Um I I got to go Vegas here just because Giants coaching all around and their their offensive play in general just hasn't been impressive. And and Vegas, I mean, you got Max Crosby on defense. They they just had a bad beat to um the Lions, but with uh with Garoppolo back, I think I think Vegas can probably score some points here. Uh Giants just have been lackluster they've had one of the best one of the worst offenses in the league uh give me vegas uh now we have dallas at philly probably the highlight of the sunday games if you ask me um i gotta go philly at home i can see this going either way but this is a this is another must win for philly i mean they're 7-1 in the season but with the next stretch of games i mean you have dallas this week then they have a uh a, a bye next week week 10 i believe Right. And then after that, yeah, a bye. And then they go at KC, home against Buffalo, home against the Niners, at Dallas, at Seattle. They have a tough stretch. You got to win the games you can, especially the games at home. Um, Dallas coming off a, a big win against the Rams. Uh, I think you have Kevin Byard, um, you know, has another week in Sean Desai's system. That as long as James Bradbury, uh continue you know doesn't get burned like he did against Washington, uh, I think this is definitely a winnable game for us. Uh, I'm 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 going Philly at home, but again Dallas is. It depends what version of Dallas you get. Do <laughs> you get the the Dallas against Arizona or the Dallas against the Rams? Um, well, I guess we'll see. It should be a good game. Uh, and then Sunday night football: Buffalo's at Cincinnati. I feel like every time these two have played, Cincinnati has had Buffalo's number. Uh, Buffalo also just really hasn't impressed me much the last what three four weeks. Um, I'm going since at home since he's been playing hot. They they've been you know getting good at the right time. They had a slow start like they normally do, Um, but I think I think since he wins this game, they're home. Burrow's been playing really well. yeah, I mean I <laughs> Buffalo needs to step it up this game to uh you know, stay in it. But I, I think since he comes out on top. And then finally Monday night football, we have the Chargers at the Jets. Um I'm gonna go to the Chargers here. Um I mean, if the Chargers can't win this game, I, I think their their playoff hopes are probably done. They're three and four. Winning this game will at five hundred. Kind of back in in the AFC, uh, but I, I don't know the, the Jets. Uh, they're what four and three now. Yeah, uh, the, I think the Jets record is a lot better than how the Jets have been playing. Again, they shouldn't have won against the Giants. That was on the Giants for poor clock management. Um, I think the Chargers are just overall the better team. The Jets do have the better coach though. Uh, coin flip for me, but I think the Chargers, this is a must win for, for the Chargers. Uh, I think they take down the Jets on Monday night. Uh, and moving on, we have the waiver wire watch. Um, only two guys on this list this week. Um, not a lot of guys out there at this point in the season. Uh, no running backs or wide receivers either on the list this week. Starting off, we've talked about them. I said we, I've talked about them. Most of this episode, it's Will Levis. He's coming off a huge game where he threw for four touchdowns. He seemed to have a great connection with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's expected to start Thursday versus Pittsburgh, which will be a big test for him. But another big performance can earn him the starting gig for the rest of the season. Uh, he finished as the quarterback six in fantasy in Week Eight, and his arm talent alone offers big play potential. Uh, if he can continue to protect the football and make accurate throws, Levis is. Definitely worth the stash, especially since Tennessee's next several games uh, after Pit are Tampa, Jacksonville, Carolina, and Indy—all winnable games uh, against teams that you know have led up a lot of points to quarterbacks so far this year. And uh, Levis is only owned in eight percent of sleeper leagues, so he's definitely available in almost all of your leagues. Um, You know, and especially. It's worth noting if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league or anything like that, Will Evans is definitely a guy to go out and get. Um, I mean, he's, he's worth the risk. Uh, He's, we, we saw what his, his potential could be with how he played against Atlanta. Again, a small sample size, but if he can continue to play like that, and I mean, he has weapons. He has DeAndre Hopkins. As of right now, he has Derrick Henry. Um, you know, TyJ Spears, Traylon Burks. Yeah, th- this guy could put together a pretty good offense in Tennessee and, and be a, a solid quarterback in fantasy. And uh, the o- only other person we have on the wa- waiver wire watch this week is Trey McBride. Now, Trey McBride was quietly the tight end one in fantasy this last week uh, as he had 10 catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. McBride saw a significant uptick in his snap percentage with Zach Ertz now in IR. McBride actually played in 82% of snaps and was targeted 14 times, uh, versus Baltimore. I mean, 14 times is ridiculous. You, you don't even see some wide receiver ones getting targeted 14 times. Um, I mean, McBride is now the clear cut tight in Arizona and after a big breakout game in week eight, he should probably be added to your team. Uh, he's only a roster in 30% of sleeper leagues. So chances are he's available and a guy like Trey McBride, um, you know, he, uh, He's on an offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons. I mean, you have know, Marquise Brown, uh, Rondale Moore, and that's that's about it right now. You know, I mean, Josh Jobs, Clayton Toon have been... or Well, yeah, Clayton Toon's going to be the quarterback. Josh Jobs has been up until this point. Clayton Toon, rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends. Um, and even when Kyler Murray comes back, which should be soon, uh, Kyler Murray has proven that he likes throwing to his tight end as well. So I think McBride could definitely be a solid uh tight end going forward in fantasy. Uh so you should, you know, look into adding him even if he's a backup tight end on your bench. But that's gonna do it. That's gonna wrap us up for this episode. Um make sure you follow us on social media. We are at ice bath sports on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and at, at ice bath pod on X, formerly Twitter. Uh and thank you so much for listening. Um you know, happy Halloween and as always Stay cool.